Hey everybody and welcome to Healthy Discourse. It's Emily here and I have the pleasure of introducing you to one of our pastors at my church as well as a dear friend of our family, Jason Ledford, to the show today. Welcome, Jason. Thank you. And just a little plug, if you've not listened, um, a while back I interviewed Jason's wonderful wife, Carla, a dear friend of mine on helicopter and lawnmower parenting and that episode was much loved by many, and we are going to go back into talking about some parenting topics today. Specifically, we're going to be talking about technology in our families and especially with our kids. And so I know this is a hot topic for a lot of people because as adults, we like our technology, and it also makes a very good babysitter for our kids and our teenagers, and of course, teenagers demand that they have devices and that type of thing these days. And it's important that we talk about what is happening, what the potential downfalls are, and really think, critically think, which is what we love to encourage on our podcast about what really is best for our families and our kids. And Jason has five children ranging from 16. 16 and a half to six and a half. Yes. So they, and, and they're wonderful kids. We love them all. They're great friends and role models to our kids. And Jason might think differently sometimes, but that's true. And so we're just going to dig into this topic because in his own family, he is covering a, a wide variety of ages. And this really touches on every level from your high school graduate, your college kids, even down to your toddlers. I actually heard there's some new cartoon that is like so much stimulation that they're saying, please don't let your kids watch this. Sure. So I, I forget what it's called or else I'd mention the name, but I just saw that the other day. Anyway, let's talk about technology. What are some things that parents might not know that are happening in the behind the scenes world or covertly within the world of technology? Well, I think that they're, Probably, if most parents are like us, uh, what we have to realize off off the bat is that our kids probably know far more than what we think they know Mm. about how to navigate technology, how to use your phone, how to use internet. So if you give a tiny kid a phone, they instinctively know how to use it. Um, And so I think I put it out first that most kids know how to do far more than what you think they know how to do. Um, But I think big picture is um, most kids are being incredibly exposed to lots of um, immoral, um, pornographic, um, really ungodly material through their devices, through social media, through their phones, through streaming apps, through Netflix. And most parents have no clue what their kids are consuming. And so what I normally tell folks is that um, if you think about your house, like if, if if your house has holes in it or gaps in it, Things get in that you don't want there. And I think just like we would never have a gaping hole in our house that let all the snow and the wind and the rain in, when you think about our house, that we have all this information, um, media coming in, and if we have gaps and holes that we are not thinking about or covering, then our kids are going to be inundated with material that we really don't want them to have. Mm -hmm. And so we either can be naive about it, which is dangerous, or we can be proactive and intentional about it and and begin to move towards our kids and realize that we need to keep them safe. and think critically about how we do that, even if it means saying no to our kids, which I know we don't like to do very often. Right. And, and, and in our house, we 
have very limited technology. Um, nobody owns a device except for Wiggy and myself, and they don't really have access to those. The only thing that we really used devices for was when we had to do things on Zoom for so long, right. and we did Zoom on there. And um, we do allow TV now and then. And, and one thing I notice is when, you know, on even <clears throat> YouTube and Netflix, even for the kids types of things, the commercials are not always for kids. Oh, no. And so I'm always like, I mean, I, I'm aware of it and I try to watch and see what it is because, you know, as parents, we're also always balancing this idea of the ki our kids are going to live in the world and how much do we protect them from versus how much do we prepare them for. Right. And right. there's, that's a very... That's a, that, that line is very hard to walk, and there's so much gray area as far as what they're ready for. Right. Um, and I know for myself, as my oldest is almost nine, and, and it seems like there's a big, there's lots of light bulbs going off, that I'm starting to kind of transition in that way. But I don't really like it, <laughs> but it's necessary. Mm -hmm. And it's it's such a hard balancing act to figure out how to tiptoe into those areas. But right. Well, I think it'd be helpful. Um, I know some people really like statistics and some mm -hmm. people do not like statistics, but statistics um, are important. But I feel like they give us um, something to grab a hold of. So I just want to share some some statistics about social media, teenagers, kids, what's coming in, what's not coming in, and then maybe we can dive into the weeds or whatever you think yeah. is most important. But uh, here's just some statistics that are from things like Common Sense Media, Plugged In Online. Um, a great book, which I commend, is called Tech Wise Family by a guy named Andy Crouch, which I'll quote some from. Um, but here's just some, t some t statistics for us to wrestle with. Um, almost 75% of teenagers will check their phone first thing in the morning before they do anything else. Um, most parents do as well, so not mm -hmm. to my kids. 57% uh, of teenagers associate not having their cell phones with feeling particularly lonely, depressed, and anxious. Mm -hmm. um, the average zero to eight-year-old will spend 50 minutes a day on some form of entertainment, media, on a screen. The average eight to 12-year-old will spend six hours a day on some form of entertainment, and the average 13, 18-year-old will spend more than nine hours a day. Hold on. So that... Did you say it went from 50 minutes to six hours from in that age group? 50 minutes to, to about six hours. That's fascinating. I know. So basically, as our kids grow up and they don't need TV as a babysitter as much, they are having more. And I'm going to guess right. that's probably the age that a lot of kids get a cell phone. Yeah, most kids are getting cell phones very early on. Mm -hmm. um, and they just have access to that screen 100% of the time. Right. Um, and then if you want to think about some statistics that are a little more scary, um, the average age, uh, well, 30% of all internet traffic today is pornography. Mm. So 30% of all internet traffic, we think about this globally, right. is specifically pornographic. And um, the average age for most boys to see pornography is between the ages of 9 and 11. For girls, it's slightly a little bit older. And here's some... If you have a teenager, to me, this is very sobering. And I think, again, some of this information may be shocking, uh, and we may not want to know it, but it's real. Absolutely. Um, and so 62% of teenagers have received some measure of a nude or pornographic image on their phone. 40% say they've sent one. 49% uh, of teenagers say they come across pornography at least once or twice a month. And more than 50% of them say they seek it out more than once or twice a month. Mm -hmm. So it is happening. Right. Um, and it, it is only increasing and you know another statistic talked about how parents now say 
that the, it is the rise of technology that has made parenting far more complicated than when, so to say, they grew up. Yeah. And I think that's true. I mean, yeah, because it infiltrates everything. Everything right. from distractions from family time to bullying to, um, you know, obsession with social circles and right. any other number of things that become distractions from what we want our families to be focused on, right? Right, right. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's a, that's that's a lot. And I think what you said is true. Sometimes we don't want to hear these things and we can choose to avoid them, mm-hmm. but that doesn't allow us to avoid the repercussions. Even if we don't, quote, know, right. then these things are still happening and it's still what our kids are being exposed to. And they can, they can, I mean, suffer silently with dealing with these things that they're not fully prepared for, or we can proactively be ready to discuss them, talk about them, especially if you're going to give your kids a device in their hands. Mm-hmm. They, you need to know what is likely to happen and prepare them for that and take the responsibility that, I mean, when you hand them that device, that is another thing you have to parent, right? Right. And so how are you as a family going to lay out those ground rules and beforehand and how are you going to monitor? And I feel like there has to be a plan for that. Talk about actually, I know we're going to talk about this later, but while we're just on this, how did you and Carla, as you slowly introduced devices to your older sons, how did you kind of go about doing that? And what have you learned from it? Well, they were, uh, to their chagrin, they were the last ones in their peer groups to get devices. Um, and when we gave them devices, uh, there were contracts involved about what we expect, what we didn't expect, what it meant to have that responsibility. Um, and from out of the gate, their phones were uh, set up with restrictions. Um, we have filtering devices in our home. There's passwords. Um, things are pin, uh, pin code protected. And so um, up until very, very recently, they had zero internet access on mm-hmm. the phones. So there was some measure to text, call, some of those things. Um, but then as they get a little bit older and they showed trustworthiness, we allowed some access to internet stuff, still with filters, still with restrictions. Um, and really, they don't even have, at 16 and 14, they still don't have any social media, mm-hmm. um, which they don't really like, but they understand. Um, and so we've just been really proactive and intentional. Some people would say we've kind of been more strict than, than maybe we should be, at least compared to their peers. Mm-hmm. But we've been very vocal about the why. Sure. What the perspective that we have as parents, what we're trying to protect them from. Um particularly with pornography and, and things where there's so many young men in their 20s and 30s uh, that have succumbed to that for so many years that it's causing such issues in their marriages and their personal lives. Like I'm trying to help them understand that these, these things may feel like a, a, a taking away of freedom, mm-hmm. but it's really not because freedom is not found in unlimited access to anything. Right. Freedom is found in radical responsibility with what you've been given. And so uh, with that, we also have to give, particularly when you have teenagers are getting closer to being, you know, adults, we have to give them space in our homes to fail. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean you just give them everything they want and say, well, good luck. Mm-hmm. But you have to measure, as you know, your kid and as they grow in maturity, give them some some things to, uh, to have access to and then help them work through that. But again, I would say all that before any anything is given to your kid as a device, you need to have some really... Sh- awkward conversations right. um, about sexuality, about 
what's on the internet, about what it means to um, to be exposed to some things that that they may not even go looking for that will come their way. Right. And so one of the things we do with our boys is that when, when you see something, uh, come to us immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't want there to be shame or humiliation. Um, we want them to have those conversations with us first so that we can work through with them together. Because I'll say this, no matter how many filters you have or restrictions you have in your home, things will get through. Yeah. And if you've had that foundation with your kids of really strong conversations about what it means to honor God with technology, what it means to walk in integrity and purity in your walk with Jesus, and uh, what it means as a family to really fight for one another, then you can have those conversations and they don't feel like mom and dad are, are not going to be willing to give them any grace or have any understanding um, because they're trying to navigate some really difficult waters that you and I didn't have to really navigate growing up. Um, and so if they don't feel like they have a safe place with mom and dad to talk about some really awkward things, they will go somewhere else Yeah. or they'll hide it in shame and or, or just it'll just escalate in their heart and it can get really out of control. So it started with conversations at a very early age. Um, and then as they were given devices, lots of restrictions, lots of safeguards, lots of filters. And over time, um, we will remove some of that mm-hmm. so that they have an opportunity to understand how to do those things with responsibility. And I love that you started with conversations long before the devices were in hand. Years before. Yeah. And I listened to a podcast recently that interviewed, and I can't remember her last name right now. Her, her name is um, Hillary, and she's the Mama Bear Apologetics, mm-hmm. That and everyone can easily find her. She has a new book coming out about talking to kids about sexuality in today's world. And it sounds really great. I pre-ordered it on Audible already. Um, But one thing she mentioned there that this has been well-researched, that whatever, whoever it is that introduces a topic to a child, a teenager, whoever, they they are most likely to return to that person when they have questions or they're unsure or they're exposed to something. Absolutely. And it, that's a, kind of a subconscious thing that happens. So obviously as parents, we want to be the ones to introduce even the hard things rather than avoid them and let their peers or whoever else the, the world is constantly. I know we talk about this in our church a lot. The world is constantly preaching sermons to all of us. Right. And the ones we choose to listen to matter a lot. And so if we're the ones that introduce these hard things and frame them in an appropriate way for our kids, then we, it's more likely, not, not hundred percent, but it's more likely that they're going to return to us when they are exposed to these things. And there are questions because like you said, it's inevitably going to happen. Right. And we, we can't be blind to that. No. And I think what, one of the things that most parents don't realize is just um, like the, this new sexual revolution Mm-hmm. Um, that is trying to indoctrinate our kids um, to really think about God's word and God's standards for marriage, sexuality, and gender as antiquated, mm-hmm. as uh, irrelevant, as something of the past, as something to move, uh, to kind of put aside and embrace uh, the new cultural narratives about mm-hmm. all those different things. Like it is coming at such an early age. Right. Um, and most parents don't realize, like, even cartoons that are coming in things like Muppet Babies, Blues Clues. Um, and if you want an eye-open experience, you should just Google Blue's Clues uh, Pride Parade. Uh-huh. And it'll just, it will blow your mind with the things that they are trying to infiltrate into the hearts of kids at yeah. such an uh, uh, impressionable age so that they, they kind of get their clutches in their heart and they plant these seeds of what is good and right. Right. 
so that when you if you if you're not the one being the first to expose them to things that are that are of that um, you know in that area of gender sexuality and God's plan for those things then that first thing that is planted is going to be a seed that over time will get watered right. and God's word is not going to seem as relevant so we have to be proactive um, and realize that the culture is coming for our kids and I know that sounds really aggressive but it is very aggressive it is. and there's an agenda behind it and they are trying to teach them um, to embrace and be inclusive and to be tolerant of all these things where God's word was said, these are not good and right and biblical. Mm-hmm. Um, and if parents aren't aware of that, their kids are sitting in front of screens right. with what they think is very innocuous cartoons. Mm-hmm. And these agendas are being pushed to them aggressively. Mm-hmm. And it's shaping them whether we want to admit it or not. Yeah. it's. Uh, I will say we sat in a parenting event a couple of months ago at our church and we watched some of these videos because Jason did a really good job of saying, I can tell you or I can show you. And he showed us. And I think everyone in that room, it was really gut wrenching. It kind of made me feel a little bit sick to my stomach mm-hmm. that these things are being infiltrated in, in, into our kids. And Muppet Babies, like, what's designed for like what, two day, two six year olds? And the language I would say that was used even and not just, you know, um, not just the acceptance. So, you know, we have, we have to, there's, there's truth and love, right? And we always are, are in the balance in the middle of those right. as, as, the, as when we're Christ followers and what it looks like to love often looks different than the way that the world defines it. Mm-hmm. And what I found was this was not about acceptance. This was not about we we can we should love everyone. We can encourage everyone. We're all made in God's image. That was not the message. Of course, this is not a this is a secular cartoon. So obviously, that's not what they're going to say. But not. I feel like the messaging has very quickly gone from that to say there's lots of different types of families. We should accept everyone. This was a cheerleading parade that. Not only are we accepting, but we are approving. And clearly, what do we, what do we, we can draw the conclusion that then if we do not, that we are filling all the the blanks of culture and and the name calling that can happen if you don't follow what is accepted and approved by culture. Absolutely. And this is being targeted to our tiny little children. And so if that's starting then... We need to be very aware of what is happening with our older kids in, in elementary and, and up and and really pay attention to what they are watching. And I know, will you talk again about some of the resources? Because I know there's some some places we can go as parents before we turn on a cartoon even to say, what do I need to be aware of? Right. Well, I think there's... Sadly, there's not a wealth of resources. Mm-hmm. I think some of these things, we're now seeing the repercussions of mm-hmm. this first generation who grew up with screens and seeing the ramifications of it. So That's true. sadly, there's not as many resources yet. I would say uh, one of the best books um, about how how one family navigated technology from a biblical standpoint was called The Tech Wise Family from Andy Crouch. Um, two websites that are really helpful is Plugged In Online, which I think is from Focus on the Family, and then Common Sense Media. Both have a lot of resources. You can go there um, and you can either search in there about uh, restrictions, filters, and there's a they've, they've done a great job of kind of walking through a, kind of the practical side of how you set some things up in your own home. Right. Um, but I, I think what parents don't understand is 
Um, particularly when you think about your kid's uh, phone, you think, well, I'll just cut off uh, the internet and they'll be good. And we don't really think about social media um, or we don't think about other apps or we don't think about this, that, and the other. And we think, well, I just want my kid to be in. I want my kid to have access to their friends. I want my kid uh, fill in the blank, mm-hmm. not to be sheltered. And and so we, we oftentimes will just give them access um, to apps such as Snapchat, TikTok, uh, Instagram, and we could go into the weeds with all these, but um, all of these apps on the surface may seem very, very innocent, but the backside of them is very dangerous. Right. Um, one of the most fascinating things, and I don't have time to unpack it, but um, actually the Wall Street Journal did a really um, insightful look into TikTok specifically, and here's the name of the article that you could look up. It says, How TikTok Serves Up Sex and Drug Videos to Minors, and they did this study by creating these profiles fake profiles of, um, of teenagers into TikTok accounts and to see what happened. Mm-hmm. And it was an overwhelming amount how each one of these teenage profiles was inundated with explicit drug content, explicit sexual content, pornographic content, just bombarded because the algorithm saw their age and then to begin to feed them things right. that were just overwhelmingly dark and evil and wicked. And most parents say, well, TikTok's just a cool dance app. Uh-huh. And my kids, and they don't understand the the rabbit hole they get into when the algorithm starts working. And that is really in any social media platform. And one of the things I think most parents have no clue about is almost every app has a backdoor to the internet. Right. Isn't it true that there's even like a Bible app that you can get into the internet? Yeah. There is. Like, I think I don't know if it's, uh, if it's uh, Uverse. Um, but, but just about any app has yeah. some measure of opportunity. And kids are not stupid. No. And so you may block Safari on their phone, uh-huh. but they may still be able to, to access it through uh, right. a, a very innocent app like the Bible app that you want them to have. But they can get to something that is beyond that that is really, really not good. And so yeah. um, I think if, if you look, if you just look at some of those websites that like Common Sense Media plugged in the line, they'll kind of give you the download on really what these apps are meant to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but also the capacity for evil that they have. Right. And so I'm not here to say you're, you got to take everything away from your kid. That's between you and God and your kids and your family about how you believe you should navigate that. But parents need to be aware of what they're handing their children um, because they may not have any clue beyond mm-hmm. this is fun and innocent, what their kids are exposed to. And then you mentioned earlier just the amount of beyond the pornography and, the, and beyond maybe the the inappropriate stuff, but the measure of bullying mm-hmm. um, that they're setting their kids up for. Like when you and I were in school, if someone messed with you at school, it was at school. Right. But now if your kids have social media, someone can literally bully them and shame them and berate them like constantly. constantly. Um, and the, the amount of kids today that are struggling with anxiety and depression is overwhelming. Mm-hmm. And there's... You can make a lot of different excuses, but I think it's tied directly to we've conditioned, a whole generation conditioned, who likes my post, who follows me, um, who's approven of me, how do I compare with so-and-so, well, let mm-hmm. me filter this image to look uh, better than this person, and they live con- completely by the approval of their peers. Right. And mental health is going down the toilet for our teenagers and our young adults because they, they're living through these devices where they can never live up to because they don't understand the value that they have in the Lord. Right. They understand who God's made them to be. They understand the worth that they can have in Jesus. And so they're trying to find that worth and identity in everything else the world offers. And it, I, think it, I think we're just on the, on the 
tip of the iceberg of where this is going to lead right. if something radical doesn't happen, happen particularly in, in the homes of moms and dads who love Jesus and they understand the bigger um, battle that's being waged. They have to be intentional or we're going to have a whole generation that's going to go um, in a really dangerous, um, heartbroken uh, type of direction that's going to be catastrophic. Yeah, and I think we already see that happening. Yep. And And we're setting, you know, what you're mentioning, it's like, even as adults, we have a hard time not getting stuck in the comparison trap when right. it comes to social media and comparing um, our real life to everyone else's highlight reel. And until we can, we, I mean, but we have the capacity, if we choose to, when we dig into some of these things, to recognize that. Whereas our kids are not mature enough to do that. And... You know, like you said, you're, we're finding worth, we're finding value, we're finding um, the, the, and the ways that we're supposed to accomplish and achieve that are completely the opposite of what we want to set our kids up to for, you know, and I think about girls. We live in this time where everything is all about, you know, oh, you're, you're beautiful and perfect, just how you're made, body acceptance, that kind of thing. We can say all those things, but what is demonstrating in a, in a lot of this, the, the apps and the um, just the whole influencer culture right. and that kind of thing, it can be so devastating and so much more powerful than anything positive that they're hearing. And so it's all it's like a uh, it's like a parallel universe <laughs> of what we're saying and we're encouraging as supposedly as a culture versus what's actually happening inside of this. Absolutely. Um, and just one other note, you know, you're talking about, you know, Instagram, that kind of thing. So because I like, I like fitness and I'll save fitness videos. Well, what does Instagram feed me? Borderline pornography, mostly women, because that's who's doing the workouts. But I'm like, well, I didn't sign up for that. I don't want to see that in my little suggested feed. And that's when I'm not even like, trying to anything like there's a lot of stuff that I wouldn't definitely would not want my nine-year-old son to see I wouldn't want my 13 14 18 year old son to see because it's just not healthy to have that projected in your face and that's just from me liking Instagram workout videos right because there's I mean (laughs) all these apps um, have built into them just these algorithms and things that really are trying to to get your attention grab your attention and so you don't really have to go looking for anything inappropriate. It mm-hmm. will find you. Yeah. Um, like, you know, and I shared this a couple weeks ago when we did our parent event, but like even things like email, like uh, my, I've told Carla, like my email will get inundated from time to time with just with pornographic emails that were not solicited. No, right. Nothing happened to, to create them, mm-hmm. but they just come. And, and so I would tell our boys, like, you know, you're going to get things that are potentially sent to you. It may come in your email. It come through a text message. There's things that you can't filter. Mm-hmm. Um, and you don't have to always go looking for it. But just the world we live in, the evil that exists, it's going to come for them. Um, and it's going to be, they're going to be exposed to it. And so I think as parents, if we don't understand, you know, we have to see, um, again, we have to see our homes as a place to be defended, as a place where, our kids' hearts are on the line. Um, their futures are on the line. These things can completely shipwreck them, destroy them, uh, put them on a path um, that can be catastrophic for them. And so, uh, again, it comes back to having those conversations that 
that we're going after their hearts and understanding that uh, filters or restrictions don't change their heart. Mm -hmm. Um, And so we want to see their heart transformed by the gospel. But then also we want to position them in a place of responsibility um, and understand that the things that they have access to um, is not all evil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all social media is not evil. Right. evil everything on the internet is not evil. Um, but by and large, those things will will be presented to them. And the things that that parents understand is that you may your kid may have a friend who has no restrictions on their phones, mm-hmm. and you may do the best you can, and your kid still may see it. Right. And so. Again, we, we're not going to be, as you and Carl talked about before, we can't be lawnmower parents and mm-hmm. clear out every obstacle, but we can't be naive parents with our head in the sand and think that our kids are just safe because we want them to be safe. Right. Gosh, that's a lot to, to stomach, I know. But um, I really appreciate Jason. I, I love his honesty, and he's that's how he is in all things in life. And if you guys have hung out with me much, you know we're all pretty direct around here. So um, these are things that we need to know and we need to explore as parents and we need to prepare for. And so that's what our goal is in this podcast is healthy discourse and discussion and helping us to step away with something to really think about and consider for our own families. One last note, I'm encouraged. My kids don't have any devices yet, as I mentioned, but I'm encouraged that it seems that some retailers are beginning to recognize this phenomenon that is not great for our kids. And there are new things like, I believe it, Gab Wireless is one. Um, And I'm not sure that there aren't any holes in that, but the phones are made with no apps and no internet and they look like smartphones. And so there are, it seems, new introductions being created that will hopefully allow us as parents to bridge this gap in a better way as we move forward. So I'm hopeful for that. But thanks again for joining us today, Jason. If you have any questions, feel free to send us a message and we'll do our best to answer those. And this is a great one to share with your friends because we are all navigating this together. And we'll catch up with you guys next time. 